This is Dish and Dirt with Gary Pickren, South Carolina's only podcast dedicated to the real estate agent craft. And now the host of Dish and Dirt, Gary Pickren. And greens, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Dish and Dirt. I'm your often opinionated but rarely wrong host, Gary Pickering, coming to you from the beautiful downtown offices of Blair Cato, Pickering, Casterline in downtown Columbia, South Carolina, this the third week of October 2023. So a lot of things are going on in this real estate industry that are concerning. Starting to see some of the settlement information coming out from the Anywhere, formerly known as Rheology as well as the REMAX settlement. So we're starting to see some of the stuff there. And we have the trial starting this week. No, I'm not talking about the Alec Murdoch retrial. We don't even know if that's going to be a retrial, though I think it probably will be. But nevertheless, what we're talking about is the Burnett and Sisser cases. Those certainly look like they are heading to trial this week, unless there's some miracle settlement in the next couple of days, which I, I do not believe. Uh, basically, we're going to talk about the settlement of the cases through what Anywhere and Remax have been sending out to their agents. We've been able to see those as well as some articles on Inman News that have really set out some really important information. And then we're also going to talk about this beautiful little article written by the Wall Street Journal that basically calls y'all some of the most vile human beings in the entire face of the earth. So it's wonderful to know that a business newspaper thinks that y'all are basically pieces of crap. So, yeah. So we'll go ahead and jump right into those in just a second. Don't forget, if you are in the Malden area today, uh, that would be October the 19th, go ahead and plan on coming to our tailgate party. We've had this tailgate party for many years now, and it'll be from 4.30 to 8 o'clock at our Malden office. All real estate agents are invited. Love to have you come on up there, enjoy some Food, music, games, and chance to win a lot of prizes and have a lot of fun. Kelly and Chris do a great job of putting that event on up there. So love to see you in our event. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and jump into our show this week. This is the week that a lot of people have been waiting for, or perhaps I think more accurately we can say this is the week that a lot of people have been dreading. This is the week the Burnett and the Sitzers trial begin. And so unless you have been a referral agent, perhaps, and you haven't really been paying much attention to the real estate world, you should know by now that these cases are absolutely monumental, not only to the way you are living, but to the entire real estate system for buyers, sellers, and real estate agents. I cannot emphasize that enough that if these cases go through the way these plaintiffs won't, then the whole way that we do real estate in the United States is going to be completely upended, and in my opinion, in a not a very good way. These cases, make no doubt about it, are aimed squarely at you and squarely at what you do. So over the past few weeks, Dish and Dirt has tried to offer you multiple viewpoints on this from different sources. We had Nick Chromitis from the State Association. We've had Joe Rath from Redfin. We've had Jeff Wheeler, who was instrumental on handling the multiple listing lawsuit here with the Department of Justice in South Carolina and gave you a bunch of different viewpoints. Now, to be completely fair, I haven't given you a viewpoint of the plaintiff's side. I don't really think they have much of a viewpoint, quite frankly, but I will be as fair as possible. So if anybody out there has somebody who wants to come on that has credentials, that wants to argue the viewpoint of the plaintiff side uh, and knows it, I'll be happy to have you on here and listen to why you think what these plaintiffs are saying is good for the consumer, because it's absolutely not. Anyway, with that said, a few weeks ago, Anywhere and Remax did settle their cases against the plaintiffs, and I do want you all to understand that... We're finally starting to see some of the terms of these settlements come out because they were kept confidential until the court filings. And now that the court filings have happened, we're starting to see some of the terms. 
We've also seen some of the emails from anywhere as well as from Remax to their agents telling them what to expect and what to see in the settlement. It is very important, extremely important that you understand that people and companies all the time settle cases, even when they believe they are right or justified in their actions. And I believe that to be a case here. I do not believe that Remax or anywhere believes they did anything wrong, but I believe that they looked at the cost of litigation, which is in the millions of dollars, I am sure, as well as the risk of crazy juries as being a real thing. And there was genuine concern of what could happen in this case if a jury just went completely nuts in it. And we know juries go nuts. I mean, look at the O.J. Simpson case. You had a jury here that said he didn't kill her, and then one that said she was li- he was liable for killing Nicole Brown. Now, granted, there were different standards of, of proof of evidence, but the bottom line is either O.J. killed her or he didn't. Let me give you a little secret here. He did kill her. He wrote a book saying, if I did it, he did do it, okay? Just saying. But the cost of litigation is real. Crazy juries are real. So just because you've settled a case does not mean there's any admission of wrong doing. I used to do litigation before I was just a real estate lawyer. I did litigation and real estate. And a lot of times my clients would settle cases, even though they were 100% right, because it just was not worth the cost or the risk. So I am sure that anywhere in Remax will continue to assert, assert that their acts were justified. But today I am going to go over some of the terms of the settlement. Over the next three or four weeks, I'm also going to try to follow what's going on in these trials, and I will update you if necessary on anything that we learn in the trial. But first, I want to point out an editorial from the Wall Street Journal that basically calls you a bunch of cartel members who extort money from poor homeowners. Yes, that's right. The Wall Street Journal has compared you to cartel members who do drugs, sells drugs, murder people, rape people, human traffic them. That's what you are. You're basically a cartel. You're no different than the the people that bring drugs into our country and kill people with drugs and murder people and, and kidnap them. That you're, you're basically that person, according to the Wall Street Journal. That doesn't piss you off. I don't know what does piss you off, because it should absolutely infuriate you that a business newspaper would be so absolute asinine in their reporting. And it's also clear that these people who wrote this article, the so-called editors there, have absolutely no clue what a realtor does or what a real estate licensee does for that, that point. And before I get into this inflammatory article, I do want to read to you a comment, as well as one of the retorts in the comment section about the articles. I think it sums it up better than really the article does itself. So let me read you Ted R., who wrote a comment in the section. There were several hundreds, if not thousands, of comments after this article came out. So this is from Ted R. He posed, In August of 2020, we listed a home in Marion, Iowa for $430,000. We listed a home for sale with for sale by owner, FISBO. After nearly three months of zero interest in our home, my wife finally convinced me to list with our neighbor, who was a real estate agent. And one day we had multiple offers. This was not magic. Our agent wasn't that good. We were blackballed and agents refused to show our home. Eventually, we paid our required extortion to the realtor cabal an additional 25K commission. Of course, he spelled paid, P-A-Y-E-D. Maybe he should learn how to spell. Um, I said it then and I will say it now. This was purely unethical. The whole thing is a racket. That's Ted R. That's Ted R right there for you. Now, let's look at the retort. I thought the retort really put him back in his place. Or, in nearly three months, you did next to nothing to effectively advertise your house and connect with potential buyers. Then you actually hired someone who did know what they were doing to advocate for your property. And as a result of their work, you got multiple offers. Yes, you paid a commission, but you could have saved three months of mortgage payments and expenses had you acted earlier. 
Instead of taking the obvious lesson that you got what you paid for, you jumped into a rabbit hole of deep conspiracy theories about a cabal that prevented anyone from looking at your house. Well said. Well said. And it's funny here, old Ted R. actually, he proves the point. He actually proved the value of the agent and didn't even recognize in his writing here that he was actually proving the point that he was trying not to make. It's called a complete self a lack of self-awareness, Ted. You have no self-awareness. In trying to prove your point, you actually prove the opposite. Very good job. I mean, this is absolutely asinine. Their house was blackballed and agents refused to sell homes. Guys, how many for sale by owners do y'all sell? How many How many do y'all show? All I know is that every time I see a for sale by owner, the agent's begging that real estate, that for sale by owner to let them show the house. There's no inventory. Where else are you going to show houses? Ted is completely wrong in here and making up this crap. Sorry, it just is. All right, you're going to have to forgive me a little bit here because this does get me irate, and Gary's going to get on the soapbox today a little bit when I read you this article, so bear with me. But I think you should be equally as outraged at the Wall Street Journal as I am. So the news article, if you want to call it that, is titled, Realtors Face an Antitrust Reckoning, a Federal Trial Starts Monday that Could Yield Major Benefits from Home Buyers. Exactly what are those major benefits from home buyers? Um, you mean that a buyer would pay real estate commission down payment and closing costs? You mean that? You mean the ones that are going to allow people to uh, pocket list all the houses so people of certain color, ethnicity, sexual orientation can never see the houses that they didn't didn't use that particular firm? You mean that? that that's the benefits of the homeowner? Because the prices sure aren't going to go down. I mean, if we really think that the price of the houses are only because of real estate agents and not because of inflation and all the other crazy $34 trillion in spending has caused us to go up. I mean, really? That, that's, that's what's going to be? That's our article? That's our title? Is this going to yield major benefits from homeowners? I would love if this article would tell us what those major benefits for the homeowners are. But you know what? It doesn't. So let's look at the first paragraph. And this really should piss you off. First paragraph begins, as powerful lobbies go, you have more clout than the relative. Well, you know what? Uh, uh, great. Thanks. Good. Thank you, RPAC. Thank you very much, RPAC. If it wasn't for the realtor lobby, the, the BIA lobby, uh, my late law partner, Rex Castellan, we probably wouldn't have had jobs during COVID. We probably would have lost everything. This Everybody would have lost everything because the Wall Street Journal and the federal government sure as hell didn't care about us. They didn't give a damn about protecting our jobs. They wanted us to shut down and quit showing houses, quit doing closings. But it was the work from the State Association of Realtors. It was the work of the BIA and Earl McLeod and my law partner and other people like that. They were over there in Henry McMaster's office telling him it was essential what we were doing. The realtors need to show houses because people need to be able to buy houses. They need somewhere to live and people need to sell their houses. And we didn't miss a day. Not one single day did we miss during COVID. We continued to operate. Y'all continued to operate. So if it wasn't for people like RPAC, it wasn't people for like the South Carolina Realtors Association, it's very good likelihood that a lot of you wouldn't still be real estate agents and a lot of the people that work in this office wouldn't be here. So praise to you. And then the second sentence, but the cartel, that's right, he calls you, but the cartel faces a major legal challenge on Monday when the federal jury trial begins in a clash action against its rules that raise the cost of buying and selling homes. Okay, first of all, you start an argument by calling people Nazis, fascists, or cartel members, you basically have shown you have absolutely no viable argument. Because if you had a good argument, there's no reason that you need to go so grossly disproportionate in your language. Anytime you do it, it's just a complete absurd misuse of the term. I mean, the real estate association, the realtors, y'all are a cartel because y'all kill people dealing drugs. You 
transport weapons into the country, you human traffic. Oh, that's right. That's the same thing. Y'all charging a commission to sell a house is the same thing as selling drugs on the street of the United States, killing people in gunfight. Yeah, that's basically the same thing. Yeah, I see it. Okay, I got you. I got you, Wall Street Journal. That's uh, that's exactly the same thing. I'm I'm sorry. Um, it raises the cost of buying and selling homes based on what? What evidence? What do you have to say that, Wall Street Journal? What, name name one piece of evidence that proves that. In fact, the evidence kind of says the exact opposite. The article then says the National Association of Realtors requires its 1.5 million members to comply with numerous rules that inflate their pay. Again, I have yet to see the evidence of that. Uh, 40% of all licensees in South Carolina are not realtors, but they operate under the same idea of shared compensation. So how exactly is it that the Realtors Association is controlling it like a cartel? Because 40%, almost half, aren't even members of it, but yet do the same practice. Oh, wait a minute. How's that work? How many other different models have we tried to come up with over the years in the marketplace? I don't know. You've had cut rate closing costs. You've had the one cost, the $2,500 listing. You've had the services where you just list those services. Most, if not all of them, have kind of failed. So the marketplace has pretty much said it doesn't want that. It wants the full service real estate agent. Additionally, the National Association really doesn't require the MLS to do anything. We have independent MLSs, including the one here in Columbia, South Carolina, National Association has no say over any of that. And from what I understand, the National Association puts out guidelines, not rules. They can tell you this is how we think you should do it, but nothing makes any of the MLSs do anything. So they haven't even done their most basic research in their argument. Their article goes on to say, in other developed countries, because that's how we want to run our businesses, how other, quote, developed countries do their business, buyer brokers are far less common. Okay, buyer's brokers are far less common. So are they advocating getting rid of the buyer broker? Buyer brokers are one of the most essential, if not the essential part of the transaction. They negotiate the contract. They help the party find the house that meets their specific needs. They're helping with the repair negotiations. They are making sure the repairs are being done. They're making sure working with the lender, working with the, with the attorney. What is this person talking about? Are they pushing the fact that we shouldn't have buyer brokers? Buyer brokers are an essential part of the transaction. It's absolutely asinine. Buyer brokers are far less common and get paid by their clients on average about 1.5%. This makes sense since the buyer broker is supposed to negotiate for his client against the seller. Wait a minute. You just said they really weren't doing anything. I thought was the whole idea of this. So they are negotiating. Having the seller pay the buyer broker creates a conflict of interest. Well, that's because you don't understand how real estate works because the seller isn't paying the buyer broker. The seller has entered into a contractual agreement to pay the listing agent. That's it. They agreed to pay the listing agent X percent as a commission on the house. The listing agent then agrees to pay the buyer agent a commission. And the rate that the listing agent decides with the buyer's knowledge and consent in South Carolina. So it's absolutely not a conflict of interest. And the seller is not paying the buyer's broker. That's complete hogwash. They don't understand how the actual transaction works. It also prevents a buyer from paying his broker based on performance. Then they go on to say there's little incentive for buyer brokers to negotiate better deals for clients, especially when they earn bigger commissions on higher price houses. Really? How long would that agent be in business? I mean, seriously, this is a business newspaper that doesn't understand the most basic concepts of business, that if you do good work, you get more business. If you do bad work, you get less business. So if agents were just out there just selling out their clients and putting them in more expensive and more expensive deals than trying to negotiate better deals, how long is that agent going to stay in business? 
I mean, explain to me, Wall Street Journal, how it is that we have some agents that are su- extremely successful, have tons and tons of clients, have all the business in the world. You have some agents that don't make it in this business. Is it perhaps that those who are very good at their job and good at negotiating and getting their clients the best deals perhaps get more clients? Isn't that how capitalism and free market work? Wall Street Journal, which you used to support until I read this article, and now I feel that you don't. Um, They just keep talking about these other countries, developed countries. Have you ever seen how they do business in Europe? Do we really want to go to the European model where you have to go to every brokerage website to see if the house is available? instead of having a centralized location. I mean, what are we really looking to do here? Go back in time 40, 50 years? Is that really the answer to this? Uh, doesn't much make much sense to me. Wall Street Journal then says, but commissions get baked into home prices. How? How, how do you say that? Based on what? It's a complete embarrassment that this was written by a so-called newspaper that's a business newspaper at that. Where, where is it getting baked into the prices? I've never seen somebody go, well, I'm going to sell my house for three hundred grand, but now I've got to pay a 6% real estate commission, so I'm going to sell it for three eighteen. That's not how it works. The sales price of a home is set by the market, what the buyers are willing to pay and what the seller is willing to accept. Nothing more, nothing less. Do, did they forget everything they learned in business? Anyway, if not for the realtor rule, many buyers wouldn't use brokers or would negotiate lower commissions. Well, I don't believe that many buyers would not use brokers. There's a huge value in brokers. People don't want to go look at a bunch of houses by themselves. They want to have somebody help direct them where they need to be. They want help in negotiations. They want help in everything. But here's the end sentence to this paragraph. Home prices would likely fall. Don't you love the qualifier they use there? Likely, not would fall, will undoubtedly likely fall. So they don't even know that. They're just basically pulling this out of their ass. Home prices would likely fall. That is a plaintiff's talking point. That all, that's all that is. It's a talking point. Home prices would likely fall based on what evidence? Please show me the evidence that houses prices would, would, would all of a sudden magically go down because sellers were like, well, you know, back in the day when we had agents, I'd want 300 grand. But now because we don't have an agent and eh, I'm OK, just, I just want 290. No, they would sell it for 300. Homeowner wants the most money they can get regardless whether they have an agent or not. And the buyer wants to pay the least amount of money regardless whether they have an agent or not. It's called market. It's called the free market. Fizbos have not sold for less money over the years. They sell for what they're worth. In fact, a lot of times, Fizbos sell for exactly the same, if not more, because I've had agents call me all the time going to this Fizbo. We need to get the value, the dollar amount, so we can put in the MLS for comps. So why are MLSs putting Fizbos in for comps? Because you wouldn't want to put low comps in. People want to put high comps in. So obviously, the Fizbos are selling for at market price, or they wouldn't be putting them in the MLS as comps. Next article says the rules harmful effects are compounded by other anti-competitive realtor rules, such as one that requires members who list properties in an alternative database to list them as well on the multiple listing service. These are the same idiots who would be screaming fair housing violations if it wasn't for this rule. If we didn't have this rule of putting the properties in there all at the same time in the multiple listing service, I can guarantee you this is the same editorial board would be screaming, these properties are being withheld because of racial reasons. This is a fair housing crisis. That's the whole reason the rule came in the first place was because of fair housing. Could you imagine if agents of color could not get access to listings because it was held by a predominantly white agency and they had all the listings and they just kept them all internally? Could you imagine the wailing and gnashing of the teeth? I mean, these 
idiots here want to take us back to where people couldn't get access to houses based on their color or religion or their sexual orientation. Is that what these idiots want? We want to go back in time now? They absolutely don't even think through what their arguments are. Next, some sellers prefer not to list their homes on an MLS because they don't wish to share all their information that the realtor database requires. Sellers that pocket list also don't have a pay a commission to a buyer broker. As demand for pocket listing soared last decade, PLS.com gained 20,000 members and starting to threaten the MLS. Yeah, and all of this is really, really good for the consumer. So let's just destroy the whole system because some overinflated celebrity ego doesn't want people seeing their house. Well, guess what? Celebrities are not important people. They're not. I couldn't care less what a celebrity thinks or does. In fact, I, most times, if I see them endorsing something, I go for something the opposite because most of these celebrities are complete morons. So why do I care that some celebrity or football coach doesn't want their house on the MLS? Figure it out. Figure out a different rule, but we don't need to completely upend the entire system because of one or two celebrities that don't want their properties on the market. All right, enough with this stupid article. This thing is just beyond stupid. So now let's talk about, and I told you I was going to get upset because it's really upsetting to hear ignorance. So let's talk now about the lawsuit, where we are in this. As I mentioned earlier, Anywhere and Remax have already settled their cases. Uh, we have seen the emails from them to kind of understand what some of the proposed settlements are. Those settlements are still pending approval by the court. So the remaining defendants are the National Association of Realtors. Keller Williams is still involved, Home Services of America, BHH Affiliates, and HSF Affiliates. So all of these companies are still involved. We do know from some of the documents that have been filed that Anywhere has agreed to pay, it looks like $83.5 million. Remax looks to be in the range of $55 million. And they've also agreed to cooperate with the plaintiffs in the litigation. All right, so let's look at some of the business practices that Anywhere and Remax have agreed to either change or to create. So the first thing is they are required uh, to notify their brokerages, their franchisees, and their agents that they are no longer requiring them to be members of the National Association of Realtors or requiring them to follow the Code of Ethics from the National Association of Realtors or any MLS handbook, because that's going to be great for the public. We don't want our agents following code of ethics or MLS handbooks. I mean, how horrible for our agents to actually follow a code of ethics. I mean, goodness gracious, can you imagine an agent actually following a code of ethics? I mean, we would rather them not follow code of ethics, right? Because that makes a ton of sense, especially since most state laws are written from the code of ethics. I mean, did these idiots even think about that, that Pretty much every state law that's been written for real estate licensees is modeled in some form or fashion on the National Association of Realtor Code of Ethics. So I guess all the state laws are going to have to be rewritten because essentially if you're following the law, you're following a lot of the Code of Ethics. Okay. Anyway, I guess they never really thought of that. Uh, secondly, they want them to periodically remind these brokerages, franchisees, and agents there's no requirement that they must make offers to or must accept offers of compensation from cooperating brokers. Uh, number three, that they are required uh, to state in conspicuous language that broker commissions are not set by law and are fully negotiable. I don't know what moron in the public ever thought that commissions were set by law. Companies are also to uh, refrain from advertising or otherwise representing that their buyer services are free. Never seen that happen anyway. Uh, require anywhere company-owned brokerages and agents including, uh, included at the earliest possible moment the lo listing broker's offer of compensation in each active listing shared through IDX or VAL displays. I pretty much believe they do that already. 
prohibit the company-owned brokerages, their agents, from utilizing any technology or taking manual actions to filter out or restrict MLS listings that are searchable by and displayed to consumers based on the level of compensation. Well, I agree with that. I didn't even know you could do that. Maybe you can, maybe you can't, but not doesn't make uh, good practice to be showing houses based on commission rates. So I do agree with that. Then it was to remind REMAX franchisees or affiliate agents in anywhere, company-owned brokerages and agents, that they cannot show, uh, they must show properties regardless of the existence or amount of cooperative compensation. Guess where that is? In the Code of Ethics. Also, anywhere company-owned brokerages eliminate from a minimum client commission required and not express or implied a minimum commission requirement. So the brokers just have to let their agents all work for free and then assist them in working for free because, you know, that's how brokerages exist, not to make money. They're now apparently nonprofit organizations. And then lastly, company-owned brokerages, franchisees, and their agents must develop training materials consistent with the above relief. So go ahead, guys, and expect some training materials on this nonsense. Again, I know I'm harping to people who probably believe what I believe in, but this stuff is just absolutely irritating of how these people have absolutely no concepts of what real estate agents do, the value of a real estate agent on the buyer side. It's just absolutely mind-numbing when you think about it. Nevertheless, that is what we're looking at. That's so far what we've seen in the settlement that's what we're seeing the Wall Street Journal and other idiots uh, like them come out and tell us what y'all do is bad and apparently you're as evil as the drug cartels. Um, so, yeah, good news all around. And before we get out of here today, let me remind you that tax bills have started coming out for many of the counties. Not all of them are out quite yet, but many of them are. As tax bills come out, remember those are liens against the property, which do have to be paid off at closing, which does mean your seller could get less money at closing and might be entitled to a refund of money through their escrow account. It also means that in some occasions, your buyers might actually have to bring more money and pay taxes for the rest of the year where they might have been uh, bringing less money. And we also have the 4%, 6% issue, which can cause trouble through that as well. If you want more information about that, I'll try to get some more information to you next week in this podcast. I'll also do some legal tips. So if you're not getting my legal tip and would like them, you can email me at Gary at Blair Cato and ask me to add you to the legal tips. If you have been getting the legal tips, I still do them every single week. So if you haven't been getting them, it's probably because I've gone into your spam uh, blocker file. So you need to check there and see if you can't unblock me um, or also email me and I'll see what I can do about getting you added once again. All right, y'all have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Please like us, share us and subscribe to us and come again next week for another episode of Dish and Dirt.